0: and thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to policing matters the police one podcast i'm doug hi i'm jim dudley welcome back so one of the things that i want to inquire with you jim about in you know this is just an open question is do you think that an officer average officer on the street today would get a call for an out-of-control child and be able to quickly assess whether or not that child was just a result of bad parenting or someone who is an autism spectrum disorder or asd subject uh,
1: that's a tough one i'm not sure what the training is today towards um, ads but um i would say off the bat no they, they wouldn't really have the to- the tools to recognize it and deal with it
0: um it was a rhetorical question you're right um I, I, and i I've, I've been writing about this since 2009 i've written at least four articles on the topic. I've taken countless hours of training on it um, so that I can disseminate this information. I think that the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that even today um, we're woefully undertrained trained uh, in terms of identifying children or, or adults with autism spectrum disorder. And there's a variety of different um, uh, types of afflictions that fall under that umbrella. Um, but many, they largely have somewhat of the same um, types of um, uh, manifestations, uh, a lot of the same behaviors. So we can talk about it broadly under the ASD um, subject uh, and uh, police officer contact. The, the, the reason I, I, I get so passionate about this is that um, ASD subjects are far more likely to um, be victimized, be bullied, be denied services than the average person, they're far less likely to intentionally commit any type of crime. The compassion among ASD subjects um, is is astounding. And so while an ASD subject might go out of control, for example, in a public place and therefore get, um, you know, the assist, the, the, the attention of law enforcement. Um, more often than not, the, the contact with an ASD subject is that of uh, either a victim or just kind of interaction on the street. And, and, and it's, it's happening more and more these days.
1: Sure. Well, when, when we first talked about it, um, it really, uh, it took me a while to, to think back of any interactions I've had with anyone with ASD. And I have had some Over the years, um, often in settings where I knew the interaction was going to take place, uh, not a a chance interaction on the street. But um, in doing a little research on AutismSociety.org, they go back to the Center for Disease Control in 2014 to say that uh, 1 in 68 births um, show a prevalence of ASD. The prevalence increased six to fifteen percent over the years, from two thousand, when it was one in one hundred and fifty births, to twenty ten, when it when it is now one in sixty eight. So autism is the fastest growing developmental disability. So for police officers to to notice the rise, it's um, it's it's a good uh, it's a good pickup because it is happening.
0: Yeah and you know um, not to toot my own horn, but that, you know the, the article resources that we're going to put on the website adjacent with this podcast. Um, can be very helpful. I mean, if you're not getting formal training and how to identify some of these things, and um, we'll go through some of the, uh, the traits to look for here in a minute, um, but I do encourage folks to, when they have an opportunity, click on a couple of those links. They have in those articles links to other resources um, because with this thing on the rise, um, you know, officers do need to be aware of the fact that there's a couple of issues related to ASD subjects, and one of the, one of the which is, is really quite simple. Um, autism spectrum disorder individuals respond very, very differently. Their sensory processing is different from you and me, and they respond differently to things like lights and sirens. They respond differently to um, command presence. You know, command voice can ter- utterly terrify, and and turn a bad situation into a worse situation. Um, so you have to, you know, be able to adjust your your command presence to the to the situation. Um, going hands-on with an ASD subject can be a really weird experience. Like they may wanna hug you. Like they, they have different types of responses to things like that. So if you have to educate yourself about some of those things. Um, w- one of the things that you can look for in an ASD subject, or several really, um, they have somewhat restricted behaviors at times. Um, they do things like repetition of phrases, or repetition of movements, um, They like oftentimes rocking themselves in place or spinning in place. That's a very common one to look for, especially in children. Um, they often have very intense interests. Like, for example, an officer might find that the ASD subject wants to touch your badge or your star because it's shiny and bright, um, or touch your gun because it's unusual and different, never seen before. Um, they also have intense interests, um, things like you know, they, they might be particularly into marbles or other certain types of objects. Um, so when you come upon a subject that's kind of doing some of these behavioral things, also, you may find subjects that are completely non-communicative. They can't or won't speak. So if you're questioning one, you have to, that's kind of what we call a clue. You know, if they're not talking back to you and they're doing some of these other behaviors, you might need to find someone who has some legitimate ASD, you know, kind of um, um, training to begin to try and coax out of that person whether they're a witness or a victim, um, you know what happened to you, what what what's why, how did who hurt you and how, um, and although they are less, less less likely to commit a crime as I said, they are more likely to be victimized. So we have to have that interaction interaction capability, um, you know, get trained up a little bit and and do do a little bit of research. Um, one of the biggest dangers with ASD subjects, and um, this is where police, I think, most oftentimes will get involved with one. ASD subjects, especially under the age of seventeen, are very, very likely. More than half of them tend to run away. Um, the kids who have, and uh, particularly the um, more severely afflicted ASD subjects, um, they're very, very drawn to water. So, one piece of advice that I would I would give to anyone listening is if you know you're in search of an ASD subject who's gone missing, dispatch people to the bodies of water in your area because they might, if they're not there already, they might like, likely show up if they know it's there. ASD subjects under the age of 17 have a high incidence of drowning while, when they're missing. That having been said, and no one understands why precisely, but ASD subjects are very likely to survive a long time in a wilderness environment. They go off into the woods and many have been found, to have survived for four days and been found, four or five days and been found, um, well beyond what is kind of the typical um, non-ASD individual. Um, so again, when you're doing your search in the woodland area, you know, be patient because you may come upon someone who's still alive. Um, one of the last things that I think that is is worth kind of trying to capture here, and we can't do in a short podcast all of what you need to know on ASD subjects. but um, the the some agencies have been very successful at reaching out to people in their community and saying if you have an asd subject who lives in your home um, or you know of this person in your residence give us a call let us know that they're there so we know upon getting a call whether it's a disturbance or a missing person we know what we're looking at right away Mm -hmm. because speed in these kinds of things is essential Um, and the knowledge you know just having the understanding of I know now what I'm going to come into. I'm going to come into someone who doesn't communicate like me, who can't see or hear or think like me, and so you have to adjust your game a little bit. Um, and there, there have been several agencies that have these registries, and it goes into your, you know, whatever your CAD or whatever else. Um, And, you know, because April is Autism Awareness Month, this is a good month to begin to think about, you know, how you do that outreach, if that's Facebook, if that's next door, if that's whatever means that you have, if you can get on television with your local news. Um, People who care for ASD subjects would be or have been shown to be very, very likely to come forward and say, this is going to help me. It's going to help protect my loved one. Um, so, and, you know, although, you know, April is the autism awareness month, but this is a year long effort. So I would encourage, you know, if you're listening to this in, in December of 2016 or, you know, January of 2017, and you're just hearing this for the first time, do it now because the quicker you can get your resources and your your knowledge base about ASD subjects kind of up to speed, get your officers trained up, at least getting, having read some resources on interactions and things like that. Um, You know, the population of uh, ASD subjects is going up, so this challenge for law enforcement is going to continue to persist and perhaps, probably, uh, or at least perhaps persist more frequently. So it's just another one of those things that it's just going to require, and it doesn't require any special tools. Hmm. You know, I mean, you know, once you have the understanding, it's just another ability. It's another kind of thing in your mental toolkit um, and your, your, your ability to, you know, bring Interactions with ASD subjects to a safe and successful conclusion.
1: Good information.
0: And we'll be back another time with the Police One Policing Matters podcast.